But I want to share this morning something that, that God really birthed in my heart um, out, of a, out of a moment of prayer at the beginning of this new year. Um, the title, I guess, of this is All Things New. All Things New. Uh, the main text is 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. It's just one verse. Okay. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17. Some of you may know this verse. Some of you, I'm sure you've read this verse. But before I go kind of deeper into my message, we got plenty of time. Before I go any further, I just, I want to talk a little bit about how the Lord personally touched my heart in this way with with this particular scripture. You know, we have this worldly type of uh, mindset, right? It's the new year, right? We hear new year, what? Like new me, right? That's everywhere, right? That has been branded. It has been pounded into the ground, right? Forever. New year, new me. New year, new me, right? I'm sure millions of people said that on January 1st when they got up, you know. And this type of term had a different impact on me. Because I have to say, 2021 for me wasn't a great year. I went through a lot of different things in my personal life that God carried me through. You could say they'd be struggles. You could say they'd be worries or anxieties or fears or problems, whatever you want to label them. But God had to carry me through a lot of things, and I grew a lot in a lot of ways in 2021. But sometimes when you grow, and as some of you may know, it growing, you know, Jason made a comment about the, the birthing of something. It's not an easy process. You know, like if you, if you get hired on to work a new job, the first maybe week or two or depending on what you're doing, maybe a, maybe a month, you feel a little out of place, right? Because you're having to learn maybe a new thing. And what that growth at times, it can be scary. It can be, you know, uh, make you anxious, nervous, fearful, whatever you, again, you want to put it as, whatever you deal with it as. But 2021 for me wasn't the greatest year of my life. And I'm not saying that to... to sound negative I'm saying that to be honest you know I don't want to come up here and act like I got it all together because I don't you can ask my wife I don't you know God's still working in me just like he's working in you because it's a process right I'm not in heaven yet I'm not perfect in his sight yet I might be perfect in his sight spiritually now but physically in this flesh I'm still warring I'm still growing and at the beginning of this new year, I was in prayer a few weeks ago. It was, I think, the first, yeah, it was the first week of January. And I was struggling. You know, my wife and I, we both got COVID. Um, and that, you know, luckily by God's grace, it didn't, you know, affect us. You know, and we're thankful for that. It didn't, you know, hurt us in a way or put us in a hospital. You know, we're thankful for that. But being in a house confined it stinks. It's not fun, right? You can't go out. You can't, I mean, like you take for granted the idea of just going to the grocery store maybe or a gas station just to be in a different atmosphere, you know? And, and we had to, you know, keep ourselves confined. And in that time, you know, uh, I went, I went through moments of, of feeling, you know, wanting to, to press in spiritually. And in moments where I was like, man, I just don't feel like it today. You know why? Cause I'm a human being just like all of us. We deal with that. And 
I was there at the house and I thought, you know what, I'm going to go spend some time in prayer. And so uh, I went into my wife's closet slash prayer closet. And she loves that because there's all sorts of chairs and stuff that get brought in there. And she's like, oh my, I'm just trying to get my shoes. You know, um, she's just trying to get her stuff and I'm in there, you know, and I was in there and, I, and, it, and it was really hard to pray. It was hard to pray. I don't know why, but it was. And I began to pray and I had some light worship music on. I'm just trying to draw near to the Lord. And, and as I was sitting there, it was like this avalanche of, of accusations just showed up. You know, it's funny. When I didn't go into the time of prayer, like if I was just in my house making breakfast, I didn't hear any accusations. But the moment I tried to begin to find myself in the Lord in a, in a deeper way, what happens? The enemy shows up, right? Because why? He wants to deter us. He wants to discourage us. He wants to pull, away, pull us away from those things. And so I was sitting there, and I, I started to pray, and, and I heard all these accusations. And it was like I had a, 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 a highlight reel. It wouldn't be a highlight reel. Low light reel of everything I did wrong in 2021. Like, just scrolling in my head and I could just hear the enemy say you didn't do this and you failed here and you screwed up there and out of omission you didn't do this and you forgot to do this and you you didn't capitalize and you didn't make an impact in this person's life I'm not kidding you guys for five minutes I'm just sitting here hearing all this and you know what I felt more defeated than I've ever felt and I was just like I don't even want to pray but the beautiful thing about God it's like what I was saying a minute ago. He sees you in every moment. And as I was sitting there dealing with this, all of a sudden I heard this other voice. It was like, it was letting that voice finish. Like, yeah, go ahead and finish. All right. And then I heard this other voice. And as soft and as sweet as it could be, and I know it was Jesus, I felt in my heart, I heard the Holy Spirit say to me, but it's a new year. And I've made you completely new. And I've completely forgiven you. And you're new in me. The old things are gone. I've made you new. And I sat there and it was like, it was like, have you ever, have you ever pulled over to wash your, your windshield at a gas station? And it's all that dust is on it. And you put that squeegee on there. And you, it was like, I, it was just like spiritually, God was just like, you're completely new. You're completely new. You're completely new. And I was sitting there overwhelmed. And it was like all of a sudden, this new, this new confidence. Where did it come from? Not me. I was just, you know, going through my low light reel five minutes earlier. But it was the Lord. And, and, and I began to feel as if, God, you've deemed me worthy to be new. Not anything I could have done or anything anyone could have given me, but you deem me worthy to be new. And so this kind of message was birthed out of this. And if we look at this scripture, and uh, side note, something even crazier that happened. Then like two days later, or no, not two days, a couple weeks later, you know, time gets all jumbled up. This wonderful brother calls me, Jason. And he says, I feel like the, the Lord has a prayer for you. And he prays to me a prayer that's simultaneously parallel to what God had done in that little meeting with me. 
It was like God was like, hey, don't be foolish. I've solidified it. Don't be foolish. I've solidified it. Like, and I think that's the thing. That's one of the things I'm going to touch on today is that when God says something, it's solidified. It's, it's true. It's what it is. We can't change it because God has said it. So let's look at this main text really quick. In 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17, Paul says, Therefore, if anyone is in Christ, he is a new creation. Old things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. I made the comment earlier about the new year, new me, right? And if we begin to touch on that or think about the whole concept of a, a, a New Year's resolution, what I've noticed is, is most of those things, especially in the world, are always things about changing who you are in some way, but they're always done by what you can do. Okay, for instance, like somebody's wanting to get fit, New Year, New Me, I'm going to go work out, I'm going to go eat right. I'm, what, what is that? You're doing all of that yourself, okay? Or I'm going to work on, you know, this or that, or I'm going to take up a new, you know, hobby. I don't know. Everything at that point revolves around you somehow making yourself new. But the sad thing is, is that most of the time, and this is just the truth, most people don't reach their goal, their expectation, and it doesn't always come true. Now, there are instances when it does. I'm not saying it doesn't. I'm not like, it never happens. No, it happens. There are people who press in. There are people who are motivated and driven. But if we took a poll, I think it would be pretty pretty uh, lopsided in the sense that some people don't always do that. Some people don't always reach it. And again, I'm not talking about reaching a goal like losing weight or changing your health habits or changing the way you look. But what I am talking about is really changing who you are within yourself. That is something that is very difficult to do in your own strength. That's right. You can't. You can't. And the reason why you can't it's because you're doing it with a human heart and with human hands. No person can be changed within themselves. Now, they could say they're changed, right? You ever met people who go through those cycles? I'm changed, I'm changed. And you begin to trust them, but then it's like all of a sudden they go right back to what it was. And it's sad. It's, it's sad. It's, it's disappointing for them. It's disappointing for you. But the, the amazing thing is, is that God, when he changes a heart, it's changed. And now you may say, well, well, no, it's not. No, it is. The difference is whether or not you choose to truly believe it. Is whether or not you truly, you truly say in your own heart, yes, God, I am different. Yes, God, I am new. Yes, God, I am in Christ Jesus. That's the difference. That's the difference in how God works in us and how he changes us. This life of following Jesus each day, knowing, growing with Jesus, being with him, it'll have new experiences, new journeys, new struggles, new triumphs, whatever you want to say, whatever you want to do with that, it's new. Every day there's something new that comes forth. There isn't a dull moment with God because if you truly know God and you truly draw near to God with him each day, he'll have something new for you. Now you may say, well, what do you mean by something new? I'm not talking about you're going to write a whole new Bible. I'm not talking about any of those things. But what I'm saying is, is he will take you into moments in your life where each day you will have the understanding that I am new. I am new. You know, one of the questions that I have, and, and I ask people this at times, and, and it will lead us in 
to our first point is this. Do I see myself as made new in Jesus today? Do you ask that? Do you wake up, go into your bathroom, look at yourself in the mirror and say, I am new in Jesus today. I'm going to say most people struggle with that. Why? Because you're always thinking about how you aren't new in Jesus. You're always thinking about how yesterday you got mad at the lady who cut you off or how, you know, you went to the drive-thru and there was 15,000 people in it, you know, at two o'clock, you know, it's not even lunchtime. Why are y'all here? You know what I mean? Whatever it is, I'm giving light examples. There could be some more extreme ones, but you will go through just like I did in my prayer meeting with Jesus your low light reel of how you are not made new in Jesus. And you will reap, you'll put that thing on repeat. And you'll let the enemy, you'll let even your own self believe it. You see, the first point today is this. Anybody who is in Christ Jesus is made new. Period. Period. Why? Because they're not made new in you. You're not made new in your own ability. You're made new in Jesus. You see, that's the difference. And a lot of people don't see that because they're thinking in terms of themselves. They're not thinking in terms of what God's word says about them and in in their identity. You see, through the power of the Holy Spirit, God transforms a person's heart through what? Through faith. Through faith. It's free, right? Ephesians 2, I always think of that verse, right? It's the free gift of God, not done by the works of man, so that what? No man can what? Boast, right? Because if there was a man on this earth who could truly save himself in that way, they would be, oh man, they'd be on every news channel. They'd be everywhere. Why? Because they would be boasting about what they could do. You see, no man can boast because the only one who could truly change us is God. It's Jesus Christ. It's the power of the gospel that saves us and transforms us. Look at this in in Titus chapter 3, verses 4 through 5. It says, But when the kindness and love of God our Savior toward man appeared, I love this, not by works of righteousness, which we have done. I love that he threw that in there. Why? Because he's saying it's not about how many right things you do per day. It's not about how many God bless you's you say. It's not about how many times you pray for your grandma. It's not about how many wonderful things you do throughout your day that somehow just definitively says that you are righteous before God. But what it is, is this understanding that according to his mercy, he has saved me through the washing of his regeneration and the renewing by his Holy Spirit. That's the truth. That's the truth. But why do we as humans begin to to do what I just said? We we begin to then do our highlight reel. (laughs) Our, our, Our flip, right? Oh, I let real. I prayed for that lady at the gas station yesterday. I shared, I, I shared Jesus. I told this guy that if he didn't believe in Jesus, he was going to go to hell. You know what I mean? Like we, we begin to do this highlight reel of where we spiritually think we're high and we're doing all these great things. And somehow God's over there up in heaven with a big chalkboard going, all right, he did it. Okay. He did it. Okay. He did it. Oh no, he messed up. That cancels this one out. Like that's not how that works. That's not how that works. But yet, that's how we think. It's reality. I know pastors who struggle with it. I've struggled with it before as a pastor. 
thinking I'm inadequate, thinking I'm not, I haven't done a good enough job because I'm not seeing 800 people fall down in this place, getting saved every Sunday or every week or every Wednesday, or feeling as if, if I don't do all of these perfect righteous things, that then suddenly God isn't going to love me anymore, or he's not going to want to use me, right? You see, the reality is it's by his grace. The word new doesn't change when we wake up. It doesn't change. When we wake up day after day, this newness that we have coming to Jesus and salvation and coming to God in relationship through Christ, it doesn't change. This, I, this understanding that I am a new creation in Christ, my identity has been changed in Jesus, it's something that I do not take off and I do not then put back on. All right, I'm going to use a great illustration because we have a lot of wonderful, happy, blessed, married people in this place, right? They all love their wives and their husbands and they're, they're thankful for them. I'm being serious. I'm not, I'm not being condescending. I'm not making a joke here, though some of you think I am. But just like marriage, I want you to think about this, okay? The husband and wife, they're married to one another officially in a ceremony, in a service, before their families, before witnesses, before God, right? They're married, right? And then they have the wonderful service, you know, they skip around and sing and dance, you know, they do all those great things, you know, and, and, then, and then they go home, right? They go on their honeymoon, it's wonderful, okay? If the, the day I married my wife, I didn't wake up the next day and go, all right, I got to be a husband now. I got to put on being a husband. No. Why? Because I was a husband, period. That's my new identity. That was the new role that God carried me into. That's the truth, right? You wives didn't wake up and go, I guess I got to be a wife today, right? You know, and put your ring on. It was like, like, this is like, you know, some, you know. Boom, there it is. I'm, oh, you know, like we're in Lord of the Rings, right? And he goes invisible when he puts it on, you know, like, oh, I'm seen now, you know, like I'm unseen. I'm no longer married. Like, what is it? You're married. Why? Because it's a covenant that you've made before man and God. It's a covenant that is made. So just like a marriage, we have to understand that we're married to Jesus. That's what the Bible says. I'm married to him. The body of Christ is married to him. Do you not know that the Bible says we're in a covenant relationship with God? What is a covenant? It's in a binding agreement and relationship that one party makes with another. That says, I am for you. And I am with you. And we are one now. You see, that's what it is. The understanding that anybody in, in Christ Jesus is made new. They're now in what? A new covenant. They're in a new covenant with Jesus. Look at Hebrews chapter 9, verse 13 through 15. Verse 13 says, For if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer, sprinkling the unclean, sanctifies for the purifying of the flesh, and we're speaking of the law, okay? Understand, we're speaking of this old, old covenant, right? That, would, that would, they would have to sacrifice sometimes every day, every week, every year, right? They would have to do this consistently. Look at verse 14. It says, How much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, God, cleanse your conscience from, from dead works to serve the living God. He's asking a question here. The writer is asking a question. How much more? Then he says 15. And for this reason, he, Jesus, is what? The mediator of what? A new covenant. So we have been made new in Jesus. 
We're in a new covenant relationship with Jesus. Jesus is in me and I am in Jesus. And that's who I am, period. But like I said, we have people who think I'm putting it on and I'm taking it off. And they don't understand that God is saying to them, every day you are mine. Every day you are mine. Wait, God, I'm still yours even when I mess up? That's right, you're still mine. Even when I come back to you and I feel shame and guilt because I know I shouldn't have done that, but I did it anyways, you're still mine. You know how you know that's true? Because then you go straight into the Gospels and you can see the story that Jesus gives. It's a beautiful story. And the guys are like, where is he going? Because this is not in the notes. The beautiful story of what? The prodigal son, right? Did the love of the father and the prodigal son change due to what the son did? Absolutely not. It never changed. It never changed. Now, the son did because he defied the father. You know, he was like, I'm sick of this. I'm tired of working. Give me my inheritance. I'm getting out of here, you know? I'm going to go party. I'm going to go live it up. I'm going to go ruin what I have, right? right? But the beautiful thing is if we took that story and we took it out of God's context and we put it into man's context, most, I'm going to say, 99% of people who have no ounce of the love of God in them, if their son or daughter did that and they come, Dad, can you okay? They'd be like, forget you, son. Good luck. You've dug your own grave. Now you can dig yourself out of it. That's what the world would say. But see, what does God do? God shows us in this story, it's a reflection of us. And God, that's what Jesus was trying, that's why he spoke in these parables. Because you're trying to get people, you know, he was trying to say, if you have eyes to see, you'll see it. If you have ears to hear, you'll hear it. He was saying, if the spirit of God is so opening your heart to understand it, you'll understand what I'm saying in this moment. And he's saying to them, this prodigal son wasn't looked at differently. What amazes me is the father runs to him, and then what does he do? He puts a ring on his finger and a robe on his back, and they have a feast. They weren't doing that before, but yet they're doing it after. Why? Because the love of that father did not change. Our newness in Jesus every day, it doesn't change. It's the same. When I wake up tomorrow, I'm as new in his sight as I was the day I said yes to him. He does not carry over. I love that verse in Psalms. I can't tell you the exact one, but it says, he's casted my sins as far as the, what, the east is to the west. Do you know what that means? It's never ending. Because the east goes into the west, and the west goes into the east, and they all go together, right? So he's saying, forever God forgets about those things. Look at Hebrews chapter 12, verse 24. It says, to Jesus, the mediator of what? The new covenant. And to the blood of sprinkling that speaks better than the thi- than better things than that of Abel. Look at 1 Timothy chapter 2, verses 3, 3 through 6. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior, who desires what? All men to be saved and to come to the knowledge of, of the truth. For there is one God, one mediator between God and men, the man Jesus Christ, who gave himself as a ransom for all to be testified in due time. You see, every day we have a newness of life in Jesus. Every day we have this opportunity to walk in our identity of who Jesus has called us to. It does not change. The Holy Spirit through Jesus Christ allows us to what? Then walk in freedom, right? The enemy doesn't want you to get this. You know why? Because he wants to keep you in your old self. Because if he can, then he'll never, you'll never be able to break through in this. 
You'll never be able to break through and saying, I've been changed in God. Now I can be a testimony and a light to the world. Because you always think, I can't, te- I can't testify to them because I, I'm screwing up. Or I can't be a light to them because, oh, well, if they only knew. No, no, no. The reality is, okay, and I, and I love this because I think about this at times. Were the apostles men? Were they men? Yeah. Was Peter a man? 100%. John a man? Yes. Okay. So what does John say in 1 John? He makes a statement about how what? No one should boast that they have not sinned. Why? Because all men have sinned. His point is saying that, yes, is to declare to every person that they're a sinner, but it's also to give the reality that we're still in this flesh. And I'm sure they made mistakes. You ever hear about that mistake that Paul points out in Galatians about Peter? You ever hear, hear that one, right? He's like, yeah, you know, I went to go check it out in Jerusalem, you know, and I'm there and I look over and Peter's eating with the Jews and then he's getting up and leaving or he's eating with the Gentiles and when the Jews come in, gets up and leaves. What was that? That was a flaw still there in Peter's life that God was still working on and transforming. And yeah, of course, God used Paul because Paul was so <laughs> zealous. Like, hey, what are you doing? Like he's in the cafeteria, like yelling at him. You know what I mean? I just get this mental picture of that, you know, calling him out. Like, what are you doing, man? You're saying we're all changed and then you're scared. Like, what are you doing? My point in saying that is just like them, we are just like them in the sense that we're still men, we're still women. God is still working in us. He's still doing something in our lives. But you see, every day it can be new in Jesus. Every day we can grow and we don't have to grow old or weary in our identity as being made new in Jesus Christ. Because every day I can wake up and say, God, you've made me new. You've transformed and saved me. Thank you for freeing me from my sin. Thank you for calling me by your name. Thank you for giving me a ring and a robe and for saying that I am one of your sons or daughters. This should be the spearhead of what drives us in every way that we walk out our faith. People should ask, why are you the way that you are? And we should be able to say, it's because I've been made new in Jesus Christ. I have new mercy every day. I have new grace. Pastor alluded to it, right? That verse in Lamentations last week. I can't think of it right now, but it's like every morning, new mercies every morning, right? New grace, right? It's new. What is that? Like, it's new every day. It's new. It's something we could tap into. New grace, new strength, new love to live for God. My second point is this. It's 1147. Oh. It's not like the playoffs are on or anything. All right. Second point is this. I'm kidding. <laughs> Cowboys play at 330. We've got plenty of time. Okay. All right. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Second point is this. All right. Old things have passed away. Don't think about the old. It's passed away. It's gone. God is amazing in that not only does he transform us through Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit, but what he does is he takes what we used to be and he takes it completely away. He washes it away. Look at Isaiah 43, verse 18 through 19. It says, 18, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Behold, I will do a new thing. Now it shall spring forth. Shall you not know it? I will even make a road in the wilderness and rivers in the desert. Wow. What's significant about this verse, these two verses? Well, it's significant because if you look at this time period in Israel's, I guess you could say, their nation's life, right? In a sense. They're going, they're in captivity. They're getting taken by other, you know, 
Countries are coming in, destroying everything. Like, yet God's saying, I don't want you to look at how you used to be because if you do, you'll never be able to go where I'm calling you to go next. He's saying, I want you to forget about all those things that you did in the former. The mistakes you made, forget about them. Because why? Don't even consider them because what? I will do a new thing. See, notice, remember earlier I made that statement at the beginning about how people in the new year always want to make themselves new, right? And they're doing it. See, if you want to be new, God says, I will do it. Let me do it. Let me change you. Let me touch you. Let me work in you. Let me shape you and mold you and take you to where I'm calling you to be. Let me do it. Don't, don't you try to do it. Let me do it. So God takes away our old. He brings in new through Jesus. But then he says this, this is how I see you and I will use you. And when I use you, it won't be affected by what you used to be. The testimony will be, God has brought me from that to this, and now he's taking me even to greater places, right? Then I started to look at this again. And if you look at verse 18, all right, do not remember the former things, nor consider the things of old. Verse 18. There's a reference verse that goes to Jeremiah 16. And I found this really interesting. When I was studying this out, it says, Jeremiah 16, verse 14 through 15. It says, therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. Now, when I read this, I was totally confused. Wait a second. That's a definitive true statement. God lives, right? And he did bring them what? Out of Egypt into a new place. Why would that not want to be talked about? Can anybody tell me how many miracles were done in that process? There was a lot, right? What, the parting of the Red Sea, all the plagues? We, we, I mean, we could spend 30 minutes just talking about that, right? Why would that not want to be spoken of in a sense? He's saying here, look at it. Therefore, behold, the days are coming, says the Lord, that it shall no more be said, the Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of Egypt. But look at 15. It says, but... The Lord lives who brought up the children of Israel from the land of the north and from all the lands where he had driven them. For I will bring them back into their land, which I gave to their fathers. You say, well, what's the significance of that, Pastor Reese? God is saying, I want to do such a new thing in you that even the old testimonies of how I worked in your life, I'm going to bring new ones in. I'm going to bring a new testimony because that's what that is. He's saying, listen, the old testimony that's even being spoken by those people who've taken you captive is that I was the God that set you free from the land of Egypt. But guess what's going to happen? There's going to be a time and a place when I'm also going to be the God that's going to bring you up out of the land of the north. I'm going to be the God that brings you up out of all your troubles, all your situations, all your difficulties. It's not just going to be back to that one point and see this is again what we do we go back to when we got saved and think that was the only time that God made me new that was the only testimony that counted because that was where I saw the most change and I felt on fire for Jesus right and we do that we relate it back to that moment and it's true that all happened but God's saying no I'm still making you new today I'm still calling you to new things today I still have a new purpose for you today you see and that's where people get stuck 
just like these people. God was saying this to them and Jeremiah, not to get them stuck. He was saying to them because he was trying to say, listen, I'm going to get you out of this. And it's going to be a beautiful new testimony. And it's going to be amazing about what they're going to say about me as your God to for the future to come. You see, we have to understand that God wants to use all moments in our lives, right? All situations. And if I'm always looking at the old, I'll never be able to see what new things God is trying to do in my life. If I'm always thinking about what he used to do and not about what he could do in faith and believing and trusting in him, then don't be surprised if you don't see anything new because you're still there in that old place. Last thing is this. The third point is this. Behold, all things have become new. For time's sakes, guys, I'm just letting you know, I'm not going to go through that whole verse. They're like, my gosh, that's like 22 verses right there. I'm not, just for time's sake, I just, okay. Behold, all things have become new. Everybody say, all things. things. Say one more time. Say one more time. Okay. What does that mean? That means this, all things. That's right. It's not a few. It's not some. It's not one or two or three or the ones you pick or the ones you don't pick. It's God saying, all things in your life I've made new. All things. If you will believe in what I've done in you. If you will trust it. If you will walk in it. If you will accept it. My wife and I were having a discussion last night. And we were talking about sometimes, you know, we, we go through life and we'll see these moments. How, how do you know? How do you know if you're, you're really living for the Lord, right? How do you know if you're really doing it? And we started talking about it. And immediately, and I didn't say this verse to her. Oh, I think I did. I might, I might have. I can't remember. But the verse that came to my mind was a verse in John 14. And it was always something that I thought of right, after, right when I first got saved. And when I'd be going through my day and I'd feel a, a, you know, a longing to go, you know, a temptation to maybe do something I shouldn't do or feel a way I shouldn't feel or think a way I shouldn't think. But I would think about this verse. And Jesus said this to the disciples. He said, if you love me, you'll obey me. You see, there is something that we have to do. God's the one that does all of it, but he gives us the easy part, in my opinion. He asks us to believe and to simply follow through. How do you follow through? Well, that's when you wake up every day and you believe and you obey. And the cool thing is, is God gives you the power to obey. God gives you the understanding to obey. God gives you the direction to obey. And all it takes is then again to go back to him in faith and obey him and believe. Every day. That's what Jesus wants us to do. We can see here how God can, is making a declaration at this last. And again, all of what I'm speaking to you is out of this one verse. Behold, all things have become new. See, we see here God's making this declaration to us that he doesn't have any limits to what he can choose to transform and make new in our lives doesn't matter whether it's a broken relationship with a mom or a dad whether it's a difficulty with a sibling whether it's a struggling marriage whether it's a difficulty in your workplace or finding the job that you need what what I don't care what it is God shows us in this he can make all things new in a moment he can change it in a moment in a moment he can take a bad situation and make it good 
And again, we see that all through the gospel, right? I was sharing, or I was speaking to a pastor. Was it a pastor? No, I think it was at prayer on Tuesday. That's right. I think I was talking to you, Brother JR. And since you are a pastor. But I was, I was, we were talking about, I believe it was, I could be wrong, man. I'm trying to remember this. But we were talking about, I was talking with this person, whether it was you or someone else, about the, the, the man with leprosy who came to Jesus, right? And I love that story because the first time I read it, it just overwhelmed me. Because he asked Jesus if he's willing to heal him. Almost in a sense, like, right, do you want to? You know, because you got to remember at that time, if you were a leopard, it was, it, was, it was awful. Why was it awful? Because every day, if you went anywhere, you had to yell that you were unclean. I don't think they had a lot of friends, maybe other leopards, that would probably be it. But every day, you were subjugated to that, right? I'm unclean, I'm unclean, I'm unclean. Don't come near me, don't touch me. Don't talk to me. Don't hang out with me. Don't have a meal with me. Don't see me, right? And then he sees Jesus, and he comes to Jesus, and he asks Jesus, if you're willing, Lord, would you heal me? And what does Jesus say? I'm willing to make you new. I'm willing. I'm willing to do that work in your life. And I say that God is willing today to make all things new in your life whether it's your family, your marriage, your job, you in your pursuit in ministry, whatever it is, he can renew. He can make it greater. He can build it up and it'll be for his glory. And the last thing I say is this, the only limitation we can put on God is by not believing that all things are truly possible with him. That is the only limitation you can put on God is not believing. Let's pray. And then we'll, we'll dismiss. Lord, first I just thank you for your word. I thank you, God, for how your word, Lord, each and every day, it can make us new. It can renew us. It can touch us. It can shape us. It can speak to us, God. And Lord, I thank you that every day you see us as new. That, Lord, you, the, the way you identify us, the way you look at us, it doesn't change. And I pray that today, Lord, someone in this place learn that. And Lord, we're not talking about becoming complacent. We're not talking about saying, God, oh, I've been made new. I don't have to do anything else. No, Lord, we're talking about how, God, you've so made us new that there is this com compelling desire in our hearts to every day become more and more and more new. Every day be to become more and more sanctified, to be, to, to, to be closer and closer to you, Jesus. Lord, let that be in our hearts. Birth that in our hearts. Put that in our hearts, God. And Lord, I pray for those who struggle with the old things, who tend to only see themselves the old way, who, who think, well, that's just my old self coming back out. God, that you would break that mindset off of them. And that, Lord, they would understand that they have been made new. Truly, they've been made new in you Jesus that you no longer see him that way and, and God if you don't see us that way we shouldn't see ourselves that way or other people that way but we should see them and ourselves as how you see us God and Lord lastly I pray that our hearts would understand that God you've made everything new in our lives 
All it takes is for us to believe that God, you are either making it new or you have made it new. Because Lord, even if we don't see it yet, we believe it. Even if we don't see it happening just yet, we believe it. Because God, even though we don't see you, we believe in you and we trust you. So God, I pray that our hearts would have this desire to say, Lord, I believe that you can make all things new in my life, even if it's a struggle, even if it's a process, even if, Lord, I have to go through things. God, I thank you that you will give me the strength and every day you'll help me to walk in that. So it, oh Lord, will be new. Whether it be in a marriage, I pray for marriages right now. That Lord, if they need a new reviving, a new restoration, if they need to be renewed in some way, that God, through the power of the Holy Spirit, you would work in both the husband and the wife. And that, Lord, they would work together as one in that covenant. God, I pray that you would touch families right now. If you have a family member and there needs to be reconciliation and restoration between you and them, begin to pray and say, God, do a new thing in this relationship. Bring us back together as one. Heal what is broken, God. Make us new as a brother, as a sister, as a father to a son or a son to a mother or a mother to a daughter or a father to a daughter. Lord, that you would do this. And it would be a testimony to the world so that when the world says how, when you're at work, you say, how did you reconcile with your dad? You told me all the things that he did to you growing up. You could say it was the love of God. He made us new. He restored us and brought us back together. And that, Lord, that testimony would reach into another person's heart who may not know you and see the true power of God at work. Lord, make us new in every way. We trust you with it, God. We thank you that you see us Lord, the same. And Lord, I pray that our hearts would have faith to say, God, with you, anything's possible. And that, Lord, we would not put limitations on you. We trust you today. Lord, I pray that you would bless your people as they leave, that you would strengthen them, that, Lord, they'd walk out of this place knowing who they are, that they're a child of God, that they're full of the power of the Holy Spirit, that they're called by an amazing Father to go out and to speak of His greatness. And that, Lord, we would be unashamed to do this for Your glory, God. And in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. You are dismissed. I only went three minutes over, guys. You won't miss the Cowboys game, right? (laughs) Y'all have a blessed evening, a blessed week. If y'all need anything prayer-wise, please just let us know. We love y'all.